It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, answer. Yes! Touchdown! We did it! Welcome on into another edition of the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. What's going on? 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in, a lot of things to try to squeeze in this hour. With that breaking news with UHSAA that kind of uh, derailed us a little bit from our plans. Yeah, we had everything planned and then we ended up talking an hour about realignment for classifications. So we'll have, to, we'll have to cram in all of our stuff about uh, predictions for Utah State football, previewing Utah State basketball, playing tonight. So a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for this uh, little bit here, we're going to have uh, Coach uh, Lyle Hilliard. No, Kirk Hilliard. Kirk Hilliard. Lyle Hilliard. That was a state senator. Yeah. Kirk Hilliard. <laughs> He'll be coming in. To talk to us about the Skyview boys basketball team here in a little bit. So in the meantime, uh, we're going to focus on our predictions for what we think is going to happen on Saturday night on Merlin Olson Field, senior night for USU, as they host San Jose State, uh, a team that's playing some pretty good football. They did lose this last week to San Diego State, gave up a lot more points than they've uh, normally given up, and San, San Diego scored a lot more than they're normally uh, used to doing. Does that give us any idea of how this game might play out, or we're just a bit of an outlier? So that's some of the things we can discuss and uh, our score predictions for the game's late Saturday night. But, Jason, when I look at that game last week for San Jose, I'd like to think that's a blueprint for USU. I'm just worried that USU can't necessarily do the same things that San Diego State does. And that's primarily how San Diego State can make the opposing quarterback uncomfortable. And I'm not sure that Utah State defensive front, especially if MJ Tafisi's not going to go, and I don't know if he's going to go. But if he is not available, I think they can do some things, but I just don't know if they can get after him to the same level. And that Cordero, I mean, we saw him here last year. We've seen what he's been doing so far this year. He's a solid quarterback that will sling that ball all over the field. And there's just a few things with Utah State that they have some issues. And I think based on how San Jose plays, that favors San Jose a little bit too much for my for my for how comfortable I am in trying to predict this game. Yeah, I, towards the end of the last show or kind of over the evening and into the morning today when I was thinking about my prediction, there was a big part of me that really wanted to just say, you know what, screw it, Utah State's going to win this game. And I just couldn't bring myself to do that, you know, because a lot of the worries, you know, you uh, brought up, especially for me when it comes to Utah State protecting its own quarterback, that Hawaii game, just giant red flag. And maybe that game could just be an outlier for Utah State, whereas just there were a couple of plays where just that wouldn't normally happen, and they just happened to kind of bunch up together. 
So there's a possibility there, but I just worry with San Jose State being that good at rushing the quarterback and Utah State just showing, you know, an inability to protect their own quarterback or get rid of the ball in allowing sacks that are the quarterback's fault. I just think that's really going to hurt Utah State and their offense, their ability to finish drives especially. I think we'll see Utah State move the ball up and down the field some because um, San Diego State doesn't have, like, a spectacular defense, but they're going to make big plays against Utah State and end drives before Utah State either has a chance to score a touchdown or before they even have a chance to get you know, within field goal range. So I think Utah State can put some points on the board, but they're not going to be able to do it enough. And then defensively, I'm just all kinds of worried about stopping San Jose State's passing game because you don't got the weather that's going to stop them. Utah State's defense ain't going to stop them. So what's going to stop San Jose State from passing the ball effectively? Yeah, it just I, th- I was concerned. I'm also concerned by what uh, Hawaii did uh, in their uh, game last week, um, and uh, picking apart the Utah State secondary. Uh, good quarterback there, and he made some good throws. This quarterback we're going to see this weekend is even better, and so that Utah State secondary it really has to step up. I mean, you and I are both kind of talking on the same thing. Like this game Saturday probably really comes down to how well Utah State defensively shows up. Can they um, you know, can they take away passing lanes, stay on their guys? Can they put pressure on Cordero up front, get him off target, get him off schedule, make him uncomfortable? And based on some things that have happened recently, I'm uncomfortable. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, um, and I just I, I struggle with that. I think Utah State... Offensively, you know, Cooper Lega had his best game as an Aggie last week. I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by different players who caught passes, who found the end zone. So there are things that are encouraging about Utah State offensively. But I think the, the concerns I have defensively outweigh those concerns. And I think that, you know, what is the line? I think San Jose State by two and a half. I actually think San Jose probably covers that. Yeah, I have, my score prediction has San Jose State probably covering that comfortably. But yeah, I, I think I echo the fact that, you know, this the Utah State offense, as I was saying earlier, is like I'm confident in their ability to move the ball. And if they protect uh, Cooper Lega, they have the chance to put up close to 30 points in this game. But unless Utah State's defense is able to get after and finish uh, sacks, in terms of, you know, getting after Cordero, not letting him get away. When you rush, when you get around the edge, don't let him sidestep your defensive end, run outside the pocket, and either, you know, run for first downs or complete passes on the run. If you can get there, collapse the pocket, don't give him anywhere to go, and then bring him down, that will be a huge difference. If they're able to do that four, five, six times, and this is a San Jose State team that allows three and a half sacks per game, can you get that plus a little extra? You know, I, I talked about Utah State having drives killed before they can get touchdowns or field goals. Do that to San Jose State, and you know, you're making it easier for the offense, give yourself a better chance to win the game. And also, the thing that's helped Utah State win the last two games, get turnovers. If Utah State doesn't get turnovers against Hawaii and New Mexico, those particular ones they had, they don't win those games. I mean, maybe they still win New Mexico, but they don't win the Hawaii game. No. So No, whether the, the play calling was going and the way that second half was unfolding – Hawaii had all the momentum in the second half. Yeah. 
So you, you need to get those turnovers or just play a much more sound game on defense and offense. It's possible to win a game if just nobody has turnovers. But I don't think Utah State can play to that level. So they've got to get those cheap, you know, drive-killing turnovers, you know, kind of escaping the responsibility of having to actually defend by going above and beyond, steal the ball, give your offense better field position. And so if, that's, that's why turnovers are just so huge. Like Cordero is he's prone to getting sacked. I mean, he gets sacked about almost four times a game. Yeah. But he doesn't really turn the ball over a lot. Yeah, he's got three picks on the year. Yeah, so he he hangs in the pocket maybe a little bit too long sometimes, but he doesn't really make bad decisions when he throws the ball. So um, it's that it's going to be tough to get those takeaways and get those turnovers. Uh, if anything, it's got to be you know stripping the ball loose, um, you know that uh, coverage on kickoffs or punts. You know, so those are because getting a one through the air is going to be a little bit tougher. Because he he finds ways to you know get the ball downfield or he'll just take the sack. Yeah. So that that'll be really just the key to the game is getting turnovers and or getting sacks. That's the avenue for Utah State to win this. Obviously there's a component on offense where I guess I would say like the key for the defense is sacks and turnovers. The key for the offense is don't get sacked. Cause otherwise I think if Utah State doesn't allow sacks, I think they'll find ways to move the ball enough provided their defense also does its job of not giving up 30-plus points like they did to Hawaii. Yeah, I think that uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by the offensive output for Utah State last week. Um, there is a concern about the running game for USU with Robert Briggs being out. And, um, you know, is uh, who else is going to run the ball for Utah State to give Calvin Tyler Jr. a break? Is uh, and how effective are they going to be? So, um, you know, we we did see the tight ends getting a little bit more involved. We've been asking that forever, and we saw you know, tight ends getting involved a lot in that first half. Well, I don't know if I'd say a lot, but they found the end zone at twice, least, at least two big ones. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are things that that are moving in Utah State's favor offensively um, that that do give me some encouragement. I think Cooper Lega. Is I mean he hasn't he hasn't been turning the ball over. He's becoming more effective as a quarterback, more experienced. Um, but he's going to be going up against a a front, a defensive front, that's really going to come after him and, and try to make life tough. Uh, he may have to do more with his own legs, with scrambling out of the pocket to pick up some yards, or he may just be running for his life sometimes. But um, I think there's a lot on his shoulders in this one to try to keep that offense on the field and give the defense a little bit of a break. Uh, they have to find the end zone. They can't settle for field goals against this team. Not because San Jose State is a high-powered offensive team, but just because it's going to be, I think, tough for USU in the possessions they do get to find pay dirt. Yeah. And seven points always better than three points. <laughs> yes. and, and it, you know, the more possessions you squander, you know, the more pressure that's going to put on your defense. You can't be putting more pressure on the defense. They're already going to be under enough pressure. Don't make their job harder. Utah State's offense made the defense's job harder against Hawaii. It's part of why it began to collapse a little bit. The defense had been doing very well in the first half. They had held them to a couple three and outs. They'd forced some turnovers. They'd given the offense some extra possessions deep inside of Hawaii territory. In the second half, they did the offense's job for them. 
and the offense still couldn't come up with enough. I mean, I mean, in the end, it was technically enough, but it didn't feel like enough to pull their way, and it felt like the defense had to pull a little bit extra, and it almost cost them because the defense about ran out of gas. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, pick six made a big difference. Other interceptions or turnovers giving the offense some short fields, I mean, that, that all helped. But it was the offense needing the defense to give them a little bit of a leg up there to hang on and have enough separation to, to, uh, to come home with the win. Yeah. The offense did do plenty because, like, you know, they only scored six points off of a couple of interceptions, or off of three inter- turnovers, two interceptions, then the recovered fumble on the punt. I mean, there were, like, four touchdown drives, I think, aside from those two possessions. The offense did do some things. But get touchdowns on those three interceptions instead of two field goals and a missed field goal, and that's a blowout. That's a Hawaii doesn't recover from it. Or at least a touchdown on one of those and field goal on two others. You know, that's another 10 points. You're putting yourself in the 50s and just you are putting the game away. Stepping on their neck and just having the game be over. But the offense wasn't quite able to capitalize on enough of its possessions to make things easy. Uh, all right, we uh, need to do this. Well, let me read this text, and then we got to take a quick timeout because we've got an interview coming up here with Kirk Hilliard, Skyview head basketball coach. And uh, we, uh, we'll talk to him about his upcoming season. But 7994 text in, my two keys to the game. One, USU score more. To prevent San Jose State from scoring. Ha ha. Uh, also, my prediction, USU struggles, loses 35-24. to 24. Okay. Duly noted on a score prediction. We'll give ours a little bit later on. But we're going to shift gears after this quick timeout to talk a little bit about some high school basketball with Kirk Hilliard, head coach of the Skyview Bobcats. Uh, but just also want to remind you about uh, Napa Auto Parts, place to go to get you ready for winter weather. You can get ice scrapers and snow brushes there, fuel line antifreeze, starting fluid, windshield de-icer, and a whole lot more at any of the five locally owned Preston and Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. Hey, Logan, there's no reason to wait. Owl's Sporting Goods pre-Black Friday sale is bigger than ever. Get into Owl's while the selection is best. Select Nike footwear 20% off. Assorted beanies from the kind Neff and Screamer, just $9.99. Logan's largest selection of smart wool socks saved 20%. Season ski and board rentals starting at just $99. Rent them now, return them in April. Winter outerwear and gloves save at least 20%. It's Owl's Sporting Goods pre-Black Friday sale going on now through Saturday. Owl's Sporting Goods, every sport, every season. The Elements Restaurant is serving a plated Thanksgiving dinner this year with all the holiday classics. Herb roasted turkey with a sage turkey gravy, garlic whipped potatoes and whipped sweet potatoes, traditional cornbread stuffing, and delicious warm rolls. And for dessert, choose between pumpkin pie, pecan pie, or apple galette. Let the Elements serve your family a delicious Thanksgiving feast while you spend the day enjoying family and friends. Prime times fill up quickly. Reserve online today at theelementsrestaurant.com or call 750-5171. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. 
Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Winter is upon us, which is the best reason to have a clean and healthy home. This is Dow with Chem Drive Northern Utah. Let us come and make your carpets, rugs, and upholstery and hardwood as clean as it can be. Platinum certified with the Carpet and Rug Institute and Indoor Air Quality Association. Chem Drive's hot carbonation and quick dry times will leave your homes healthy and ready to combat the cold and flu season. We're a company that you can trust. Call Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric France and Jason Walker. We've been talking to the uh, high school basketball coaches ahead of the boys' basketball season, which gets underway here soon. Some of these schools getting underway as early as next week. And uh, next on our list, head coach for the Skyview Bobcats, Kirk Hilliard, joining us now here on the Full Court Press. Coach, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're doing good, Coach. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, I guess, first of all, just how do you feel like things are coming together as you're getting ready for your first game? Well, it's kind of different this year. Our football team has typically been playing, but the 4A changed it this year. I mean, where they finished up early this year, so we've had guys practicing now for a couple weeks and uh, got the team looking pretty good. We've got some experience back this year, so we're looking forward to, I think they're ready to get out and play someone. Unfortunately, we still got to wait a couple weeks. Uh, so we don't play next week. We don't play till the 29th. Uh, against Box Elders, where we open at home against them. So, but they're looking forward to that. Yeah, so from what I understood is that you're returning a lot of players. Not a lot of the coaches on the region have that luxury. We've spoken to a couple who graduated, several of their leading scorers. What's it like for you to have a bit more experience uh, returning on your team? Uh, occasionally we get that opportunity where we've got a big crew. We've got, I've got a solid crew of seniors this year. We've got nine seniors, and then Tanner Davis is a junior. So we've got a a big core coming back of, of players that have been there. They've done that. These guys have played a lot of basketball. They're experienced. We just got to make sure we stay focused and ready to play every opponent that we have. Yeah, you uh, you kind of had to go a little bit young last year, but certainly that's uh, going to prove beneficial for you this season. Just what's that? How have you noticed the, the progression of, of those guys coming back with that experience that they were able to gain last year? Well, it's just, it's nice because they understand kind of the scheme and what we're doing uh, with things as far as being able to uh, offensively being able to attack people and, and, you know, changing a few things defensively. The shot clock's going to present kind of uh, some fun challenges, I think, for, for the high school basketball season this year. But uh, I we they picked things up very well, and so it's just a matter of just working on the little things and fine-tuning things, making sure that we, we don't get lazy or, or complacent on some stuff. But uh, they've... I feel pretty good where we're at right now. Uh, we got a good, good crew of juniors to push them, so uh, we're 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 looking forward to this season for sure. 
So you mentioned the shot clock. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit more about uh, you know your thoughts on that. Obviously, that's a huge change, uh, the high school level this year. Like, what have you thought of that uh, change so far? How do you think it'll impact you know both you know your team and also the high school basketball as a whole? Well, we like to play fast pace, and so that you know, as far as us on offense, isn't going to come into play. I'm excited for the shot clock and that. You know, teams won't be able to run a minute and a half off the clock at the end of the quarter. You know, you add that minute and a half up over four quarters, and, you know, you lose a quarter of the game just, just running clock. So for that part, I'm excited. I think it's going to help the game in that respect. I think there's a little bit of strategy that goes into it. But uh, for the most part, I, I don't think it's going to affect a lot of teams. But, uh, you know, there's some things to think about. We played with it this summer at the camps and stuff. And, and uh, you know, of all the we played about 30 games, and of all the – games that came into play the shot clock was used was twice basically and we were trying to get a defensive stop so i'm not really sure how much it's going to come into play but i think uh, there will be a few cases that it's definitely going to come into play so looking forward to it though so you know, there's sometimes there's plays that teams you know try to default to at the end of a shot clock you know some teams at the college and pro level have to deal with that if you implement implement that in terms of some of your sets where it's like yeah okay, last second you got to be you got to like go to this so we can get a shot up shot shot gets shot clock gets down to here here's what we're going to do and so we've talked about that we've worked on it uh i'm sure there'll be some definitely some kinks to work out with that but uh the kids are excited for it too uh it it presents some some good things i think some things that's challenging i think is going to be finding people that can operate the shot clock and do it correctly and make sure that we get that's going to take some time i think for everybody to get used to but uh but i think it's uh, overall i think it's a good thing Coach, let's talk about your non-region schedule. As you mentioned, uh, you've still got a few <laughs> weeks to go here before it starts. Uh, yeah. But your your philosophy about putting together that schedule and the type of teams that you like to go through? I've always believed in playing a tough preseason schedule. I think it prepares you for region. Um, and and we've done the same thing this year. I mean, we're playing a lot of some, some really talented. Box Elder's going to be pretty good, I think. Um, and then we go to St. George and play four teams in our classification which is you know, the only time that we play teams in our classification in the preseason other than that we're playing up for the most part we come back and we go to the davis tournament where we'll play bountiful and olympus and woods cross and then we've got a couple idaho schools madison and century coming down and then uh Leighton christian so and then rounded out with bonneville so you know that really takes care of uh, our preseason it's a tough preseason there's no time to rest and we're playing three games a week for those those weeks in december and uh, then a little break, play Black Felder and get amped up for for region. So I I I believe that you play a strong schedule. You gotta if you want to beat the best, you gotta play the best. That's just kind of how what I've always thought, and it's it's worked out pretty good for us. So now you're returning a bunch of players. There should be should be some familiarity, but for some like me, I wasn't able to be as involved in in high school basketball last year. So tell me a little bit about some of the players you're you know expecting big things from uh, this year in your rotation. Uh, so we've got, uh, returning starters are, are Hayden Howell. Hayden Howell started for three years for us. Uh, he brings, he's a great shooter, brings that stability, uh, calming influence. We've got Tanner Davis and Carter Davis, which are brothers. Tanner's a junior, Carter's a senior. And Logan Dill, those four all started for us last year. And Brooks Rigby and Kendrick Terrell played quite a bit for us last year as well. So those six guys will anchor us. And then we've got, uh, my son, Cole. Uh, Hillier will be coming off the bench, and uh, Seth Chambers, Parker Christensen, and uh, Will Schumann 
will be, you know, some backup minutes for those guys. So uh, we've got six guys that have played quite a bit of varsity basketball. So that's kind of a luxury for us. Uh, you know, that'll, that'll help us, uh, I think, be able to withstand the storm at first when, when we're playing some of those tougher teams. And, Coach, it looks like probably one of the uh, taller teams in the region with the, the size you have coming back. We have some length. Uh, we do have some length, and hopefully we can use that to our advantage. Um, it's kind of interesting. Logan, who is our post player, he's he's probably the shortest guy of our starters uh, other than, I guess, Hayden. But Tanner, Carden, Brooks, Kenny, they're all big. But Logan has been lifting really really good this summer, and he's he's uh, great around the basket, so I don't worry about that. But we do have some length and some height, so hopefully that will help us in region, I hope. So I know other teams are, are seeing you as uh, at least the preseason favorite. I know we talked to uh, Kyle Day and, and uh, Logan Brown so far, and they both kind of you know at least admit that you're the, the preseason favorite. Um, obviously things can change. But like, How do you feel like your team has felt about you know maybe having a target on your back for this year? Well, I mean, Ridgeline run, won the region championship last year, so you always got to knock off the region champion. But uh, Ridgeline will be good. Logan will be good. Uh, Bear River's returning a bunch of guys. I mean, they've had two guys that started as sophomores, and they're you know they've come up through the ranks. So they're going to actually they were freshmen, so they're juniors this year. But they're pretty good. We saw them in the summer, and they presented some pretty good challenges. Uh, and you know, I just think they're region games, and you play them twice, and so those are always going to be hard games. As far as being Rick the favorite, uh, I would probably say that that's probably due to the fact that we have a lot of guys returning. And, and uh, you know, I, I do think we, we are experienced. I do think we're talented. But, you know, there's a lot of things that go into getting a good team on the floor and there's chemistry and all that other stuff. And, uh, but, you know, good group of kids. I'm excited for them. They, they deserve that. And we, now we just have to live up to that. Uh, Coach, last question for me. Just when you uh, we talked about your schedule, putting it together, and the teams you like to face, and uh, scheduling some tougher teams. How, how much of that is uh, trying to f- play the RPI game, or how much is just scheduling for who you think they the, the kind of challenges that they're going to pose for your team? Well, the RPI has come into play because it does determine kind of your first round stuff, and so that is kind of a tricky thing. But I haven't really let it play in too much, honestly. Um, it's just a battle as as because you just don't know what's going to happen as the season goes with your, your RPI. But once you get to your region, you have to play you know the same teams in region. So honestly, I hope that our region is strong, and I hope they're tough and high in the RPI so that you know, that benefits us as we're playing in the region schedule. But I haven't really thought about uh, – I'm just worried about the team and how we're going to be prepared, how we're going to be ready. Um, and I think uh, you know, you've got to take care of your mentality and winning and – as, as you've seen in years past from us, sometimes we don't get it figured out until right at the end. And, and you know, both times we made runs at state championships um, wasn't our season that we went undefeated. So, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of things that come into play. But uh, I really haven't said I'm going to schedule lower so that I can get wins to help my RPI or anything like that. But it does help when you play those bigger schools and can, can get a win, that's for sure. Well, Coach, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, looks like your first game uh, is a big one with Box Elder coming to town, one of those uh, higher classification teams, uh, certainly a team that will travel a little bit of a fan base up sure. to Smithfield. So that'll be a fun way to get things going. It will be a fun way to get things going. You know, we owe them. Last year we went over there and they, they humbled us and they took it to us. Uh, we, well, I think we felt like we were prepared and ready to go and we weren't as prepared as we needed to be. And so 
that was a good lesson for us, but uh, we'll definitely have to be ready. Jace McKee does a great job, and his son Jackson is a senior this year, and he, he plays really well. He's uh, And they've got some guards that are really good as well. So it's going to be a tough game for us. we got to be definitely prepared, and it's, it's uh, going to be one we'll have to earn for sure. And certainly those uh, high school uh, Skyview High School games heard here on The Fan with uh, one of the biggest Skyview cheerleaders I know, with Hurricane John Newbold. I appreciate John. I appreciate he does a great job with the radio for, for football and for basketball. He's a huge Skyview fan, and he's been great over the years to just uh, promote our kids and, and high school sports and athletics. I appreciate you guys for what you do for the, for the Valley and for the kids because there's not a lot of places that they can go and have their games broadcast on the radio or streamed. So you guys do a great job. I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Coach. We appreciate you, and uh, best of luck to your team in this upcoming season. Thank you. Appreciate it. You have a good night. All right, good All right, Coach Hilliard, uh, head coach of the Skyview Bobcats, who were finished fourth in the RPI. Well, they were ranked fourth at the end of the regular season, um, and a team that had a lot of youth and uncertainty maybe with what they were going to look like and uh, came out the gate and had a great uh, season and a great run last year, and a lot of those guys coming back. So should be the odds-on favorite coming into the start of the year for uh, for a or for Region 11 basketball. Yeah. Got a lot of experience left and a lot of the coaches have admitted that part of the reason they're kind of the the favorite at the moment is we know the most about them. We know the most about the players they have on their team. For high school there's a huge unknown a lot of times about half the rotation for some of these teams. And so it's part of why Utah State was picked lower cuz they didn't know like you lose your two biggest play, you know, two biggest scores. We don't know, so we don't pick you to be good. Hard to predict. Yeah, so high school is that way, but even worse in a lot of cases. Uh, speaking of predictions, we'll get to ours for how things might play out tonight and on uh, Saturday night for Utah State for the basketball tonight, football on Saturday. That's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options and the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. This is Ryan at My Mattress. My wife and I were laughing the other day because she read an article about things not to buy online. The first thing was prom dresses. Dresses advertised versus dresses delivered. Needless to say, what people thought they were getting is not what they got. It's much the same with mattresses. Almost always, buying a mattress online ends in buyers being let down. At My Mattress, we try to always exceed expectations. Lower prices than online and better beds. Only at My Mattress. Hey, Aggie fans. Looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? 
Our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Aegis Home Health and Hospice loves helping the people they serve. Aegis is a home health and hospice organization that lives by core values of character, experience, and trust. Every day, Aegis' goal is to help you with whatever your health care needs are and to do it wherever you need us to. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Appreciate Coach Kirk Hillier joining us. Uh, we've uh, already heard from uh, Coach Logan Brown for Green Canyon. Uh, who else have we heard from? Kyle Day is the other one. The Kyle Ridgeline Day, coach. yes, for Ridgeline. Yeah. We've got scheduled out for the rest of them. We have schedules and dates. Some of them are going to be pre-recorded, but we'll be speaking with all the rest of the coaches in Region 11, bringing you the previews, their thoughts on, you know, What's it going to look like? Especially their thoughts. I know the shot clock is the big new fancy thing. And, you know, I, I definitely agree with, with uh, Hilliard where he brought up that, you know, an issue is going to be running the shot clock because we have that issue at the spectrum, which is, you know, collegiate level. You know, we've got like professional referees and out there and supposedly, I mean, not like full time, you know, shot op, uh, clock operators, but still, still, that's like a full, full on part time job for them. And they're not always. They're not always spot on. And to be honest, the running clock is usually run by the referees because they have the little uh, thing on their belts. They're able to start the clock by themselves. But for high school, the referees don't do that. It's done by the clock operator. They now have to take care of starting and stopping the clock properly and resetting the shot clock every time the ball hits the rim or change of possession or out of bounds and all that. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if that's going to go smoothly because uh, maybe if they bring in another person to do it, just do that. You know, they could probably certainly do that, but there'll be a, a learning period. <laughs> and a lot of stoppage of plays, the referees, and the referees may not notice because the referees, they now have to be trained. They're not used to doing the shot clock. They have to be trained to factor that into every the thousand and one things the referees have to watch that makes their job almost impossible in basketball. They now have to watch one more thing. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, that will be interesting to see how it uh, how it gets adopted and utilized, and yeah. who does it better than others. 
by the way, 6891 texted in while we were doing our interview. Kirk was my math teacher when he was at Mountain Crest. There you go. Okay. Yeah, a lot of student. Yeah. So Kirk's been doing this for a while now. He's or been... that or that person isn't very old. I don't know. One or the other. <laughs> Now, Kirk Hilliard has had a lot of success at Skyview. He's won a state championship. He's been in the running uh, almost every year. Uh, Skyview really doesn't have down years, really. And when you think they're going to be down, they still <laughs> find a way. Like last year, had uh, a lot of unknowns on that team, and they still number four finished number four in the RPI and made it all the way. What did you say, the semifinals? Yeah, the semifinals. Lost by two in the semifinals to the eventual champion, who won the championship game by nine points. So, good team. And you're returning all of that this year? You know, we'll see. There's obviously, you could, there's an argument to, well, then they'll be the same. But if there's enough internal development and coaching and, and learning from these guys, then there's going to be improvement. They could be, you know, even better. Uh, let's, uh, let, let's, well, let's keep talking basketball for just a moment. Utah State is at San Diego tonight. Uh, Coach Ryan Odom Met with, uh, with, met with the media, members of the media, just the other day mm-hmm. to give a little bit of an idea of who San Diego is, what his team looks like, uh, and what they're trying to prepare for. And uh, certainly one of the big questions about this team earlier was you know, who was going to be available. San Diego's uh, one of their real stars, who averages about 19.5 points per game, had been out with an illness but it looks like he is going to be available tonight. Yeah, so it was, uh, I can't say his full name, was like Sigu Jawara, I think. Although he has a middle name that I think is part of his just full name. I don't know, it's, it's complicated. Um, but yeah, he averaged 19.5 points through two games, missed the third game with an illness, but all reports are that he's going to be back. Odom was expecting him to be back anyway, but the report did come out like officially today uh, that he will be available, uh, as will Stephen Ashworth for Utah State. Odom said that yesterday to the media, said that the he called it a twisted ankle. We all thought it was a sprained ankle, which maybe it was a minor sprain. Um, I don't know what the border is on that, but it turned out to look a lot worse than it was because he couldn't put weight on it. He limped off the court without putting weight on that foot or that ankle. Uh, but apparently Ashworth practiced the day after the game, so Tuesday, and he's also practicing Wednesday. So it seems like he's just perfectly fine. So uh, with this San Diego team, uh, a team that has, uh, which Coach Odom says has some really good guard play, and uh, that's one of the big things that Utah State's going to have to be, you know, really mindful of, and just how well they defend those guards. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just being attentive to them and understanding what their tendencies are individually, and then obviously collectively they play the game well together, and uh, you know we're going to have to, you know, do a good job of making sure that the guys are not allowed to just lace it up, you know, from three, you know, really doing a good job of guarding their guys that can shoot and will shoot. So, yeah, you got to pick up the defense, and this will be Utah State's first road game of the season. So, um, you know, that's how will they do in some other gym? That's a big question, too. Yeah, it is offensively, defensively. I mean, I asked him, like, say, you know, how do you think your offense will travel? Well, then he he, had, he turned that question on its head and said, well, he, he talked about how well the defense is going to travel, and that was going to be, you know, a big impact on the game. First thing is, is your defense has to travel with you, right? And I think our defense has been pretty good here so far to start, to start the year. 
and uh, you know, improved from last year. The guys have a more clear understanding of what needs to be done and how we play. Um, and uh, so we've got to be really good there. I mean, that sets the tone, you know, first and foremost, because you're not always going to make shots. That's a great point, you know, that um, Utah State defensively has been pretty solid. I mean, we kind of get lost in the 75 points, the 96 points, and we think about the offense. But uh, defensively, this team has, has looked pretty good. Taking away a team's opposing team's strengths and their star players have really struggled against Utah State so far. Yeah, they pretty much absolutely shut down, demoralized the opposing star players. Uh, you look at you know Trey Woodbury, uh, he was shut down. Bradley didn't so much have their star player in the game anyway, um, so they were trying to play more as a team. Um, granted, they had the one point guard I think who still did okay, but you know he's obviously making up for. Uh, Loss of a key rotation player, but but Woodbury was in foul trouble all day. Was having his lunch, uh, you know, mooched on by uh, Max Shulga, and then um, Bajemski of uh, Santa Clara, guy who'd scored thirty and thirty-four points. You know, two straight thirty-point games to start the year, and just by the end, he was like, <laughs> it's almost like he wanted to quit basketball. Like that's how bad it got. <laughs> just with, you know. Different guys guarding him. Stephen Ashworth was guarding him really well when Max Shoga was guarding him. Again, not a not an inch to breathe with a lot of the stuff he was trying to do. And so that we'll see if they. Of course, the problem is there's there's more guys. It's not just the one guy. They have four guys on the team right now, averaging 15 plus points per game. San Diego does. Yeah, San Diego. So <laughs> you can't focus on the one guy. Right. You got to be able to cover basically everyone. And one of the things that they do well, as Coach Odom talked about, is that this is a team that's pretty aggressive, uh, kind of similar to Utah State a year ago, where everybody can dribble, shoot, and pass, yeah. uh, play kind of five out, uh, but they're uh, aggressive also in how they attack the rim. They're, they're very uh, aggressive. Um, they uh, will They run sets, but they also will drive the ball at every position. And so that's the challenge, right? When you have five guys that can all dribble, pass, and shoot, it makes it tougher on the defense. And so you can't just key off of one guy and say, well, we're not going to guard him because they all can play. And uh, so we've got a our one-on-one defense has to be really tight, and our right amount of help getting back to the shooters has got to be tight as well. Yeah, and you think, well, a five-out team is kind of what San Diego is going to be a little bit. They'll be five-out. But you think, okay, five-out teams, they shoot the ball a ton. Well, one of the dangers of five-out teams is that there's tons of space in the key. So if you can drive to the paint, you get easy layups, which is what every coach wants. Every coach wants open layups. And so a five-out, it's deadly in the fact that you can get three-point shots. And San Diego, I think, is 31st in the country in three-point percentage right now or, or some of that. Or maybe it was... I have to double check my preview, but you know they rank really high in terms of their three-point percentage. They're good at hitting threes. They have three guys in the rotation. Uh, two of them are hitting above fifty percent from three. Granted, we're working with small sample sizes. Uh, two of them are hitting above fifty percent. One of them's above forty-two percent. So three players in their rotation in their starting lineup who are hitting north of forty-two percent from three on at least like three attempts per game. So. These are guys that can get hot from a three. Now, one of the things, if you're getting a little worried, San Diego's strength of schedule has been very weak so far. 
So they've not played great defenses. So Utah State could come in here and have a really good game, and it'll be something that San Diego hasn't encountered. They may not be ready for Utah State's defense. But still, if you're a good three-point shooting team, that's capable of beating just about any defense that isn't on its game. Well, the other thing, I think Utah State um, needs to try to get Jawara running, and running a lot. If he's missed some time because he was sick, it means that his, he may not have his full wind back. He may not be totally back in shape after missing time. As we know with basketball, it only takes a couple of games or a couple of days away from the game and your regular routines, and you lose that wind pretty fast. So that Utah State has to keep him running on offense and defense, try to wear him out because he's a big part of what they do offensively. Yeah, and uh, Utah State is very much willing to run the ball. Like We saw it against uh, Santa Clara, um, where Santa Clara was like one of the top teams in terms of pace, you know, possessions per game. And Utah State ran them off the gym. They had like 22 fast break points, and Santa Clara had like, in the first half, it was like 21st break, fast break points to two fast break points. I can't remember where it finished. But Utah State ran a fast-paced team off the floor. Like, that's crazy. Where they were beating Santa Clara at their own game. And so it's very much in Utah State's wheelhouse to play fast, get out and transition, get out and run. You can see how quickly they want to get the ball up the court. And so that's something they could very easily do is make Jawara run and make him a little less effective. And then lastly, for me, just uh, a, a real key here is what, what does San Diego look like defensively? Um, you know, this is a team that uh, likes to get out, has a lot of guys who can shoot, a lot of guys who can contribute, get into double figures offensively. But what are they doing defensively to their opponents? Be ready uh, for their tough defense and their mixing of defenses. Uh, they'll play both man and zone and press, and, and so try to keep you off balance and try to see what what uh, what's most effective against us. And it's interesting because you know Oda is obviously preparing for the X's and O's of this, and he's obviously going to praise San Diego, and he's understanding of the potential pitfalls obviously it's a college team and they're going to be able to play some defense and have some effectiveness but one thing to keep in mind is that san diego ranks like 187th in defensive rating and they've played bad teams so they're they're on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of their defensive rating and they've not had a good strength of schedule so there is an opening for utah state to exploit a potentially mediocre san diego defense and really get running and that's where Utah State could really win this game as long as they don't, you know, slip over, you know, trip over themselves on offense. They can just blow this game open. Even if they allow San Diego to do some things on offense, Utah State could really have a field day on offense. But that's if the offense will travel to San Diego. That's going to be one of the big questions is how well does the offense travel on the road? Uh, tip off at 8 our time. Is that correct? I thought it was 7. It might be 8. I can't remember. I think in your preview you said 8. I think that's right, actually, because it's Pacific time. So 7 o'clock Pacific would be 8 o'clock our time. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, so pregame coverage on KVNU starting at 6. Not 6, it's 7. 7. It's 7. Uh, and then full one-hour pregame, and as soon as the game is over, Al Lewis, John Russell on the air, recapping along with some comments from Jalen Moore uh, about what happened with Utah State at San Diego. Showdown between the uh, Mountain West and the West Coast Conference. A uh, quick timeout. When we come back, Jason and I will give our score predictions for Utah State and San Jose State for Saturday night, a senior night, on uh, Merlin Olson Field with kickoff at 745. Game will be also broadcast on FS1. 
Hey, Logan, there's no reason to wait. Owl's Sporting Goods pre-Black Friday sale is bigger than ever. Get into Owl's while the selection is best. Select Nike footwear 20% off. Assorted beanies from Dekine, Neff, and Screamer just $9.99. Logan's largest selection of smart wool socks saved 20%. Season ski and board rentals starting at just $99. Rent them now, return them in April. Winter outerwear and gloves save at least 20%. It's Owl's Sporting Goods pre-Black Friday sale going on now through Saturday. Owl's Sporting Goods, every sport, every season. It's time to use your flex spending for 2022. As they say, use it or lose it. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, has a great selection of frames with character. Take your current prescription in and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look for the new year. Your glasses will feel like they were made for you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. With inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances, factory-trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no-risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new, instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 of your service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. This is Jarek from Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Everyone knows us as an engagement ring store, but not everyone knows about everything else we do. Custom design, our in-house laser jewelry repair. We offer fashion jewelry, charm bracelets, necklaces, earrings, birthstone jewelry, watches. We love people to just look and make a wish list. Stop in and say hi. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options and the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. Hi, this is James with White Pine Funerals. We're excited to host our annual holiday concert featuring a choir and musical ensemble by Jay Richards. All are welcome to attend free of charge. We extend a special invitation to anyone who is missing a loved one this holiday season. Food donations are encouraged at the door for the Cash Food Pantry. Back-to-back performances will take place at White Pine on Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. That's Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, bending, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Mountain West Motor has a great selection of vehicles on their lot, starting around $20,000. Check it out online at mwmotor.com for their current inventory and pricing. And you can follow them on Instagram for current promos and events as well. It's Mountain West Motor, 615 North Main in Logan. 
Well, last couple of minutes with us here on the show. Uh, still some time for you. If you want to give us a score prediction for Saturday night, Utah State versus San Jose. Uh, final home game of the regular season for USU football. 435-339-0321 to give us your score prediction. We already had one from uh, 7994. San Jose 35, Utah State 24. Another one from 9 through and 5, too. Oh, I missed that one. Oh, USU 34, San Jose State 21. Pretty big spread there for the Aggies. So uh, let's get ours, Jason. I know you and I both were not talking <laughs> very glowingly about uh, how we feel about this matchup, but how do you think it's going to end? I said earlier I really wanted to pick Utah State to win, and I just can't bring myself to do it. I want to try and be... Now, there's a desire to want to be right about the score prediction, so I, I got to go with what I'm seeing. Um, so I have Utah State, you know, I said that I think they'll move the ball decently well, and that means they're going to score some points. So I have Utah State scoring 27 points, you know, a, a decent game. Um, however, on the flip side, I think the defense is going to struggle to stop San Jose State. If they get turnovers and sacks, then this prediction could very easily be wrong. Uh, but right now I have San Jose State scoring 38 points. So I have final score, San Jose State 38, Utah State 27. Okay. All right. Um, my score, let's see, was it 9315? Uh, well, 34-21. Well, that's, mine's a little bit different, but close. But I've got uh, the other way, going the other way. I, I'm with you. I, I just think San Jose State, the way they're playing versus how Utah State is playing. I know you Aggies have won four of their last five. But San Jose State's are they're a good team. Uh, they've got a really aggressive defensive front. They've got a gunslinger at quarterback. And those are a couple issues that Utah State has struggled to solve against their opponents. So I've got U- San-, San Jose at 31, Utah State at 24. Um, I Believe me, I would love to put it differently. I just am I'm struggling to see just the trends that I'm seeing right now. And how you, for both teams, I just am struggling with doing that. Picking the Aggies, I'd love to. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like any of San Jose State's weaknesses really line up with Utah State's strengths. Yeah, great point. Yeah, Spartans, one of their weaknesses is allowing sacks, but Utah State has trouble finishing sacks. Um, now San Jose State is not terrific at running the ball, but it's not like that's one of Utah State's strengths of stopping the run. So it's just in San Jose State's strengths align with some of Utah State's weaknesses. And so that just doesn't bode well for an upset in this case because it doesn't feel like there's something that Utah State can easily exploit. So at this point, we just have to win. You just have to go with the Jason Walker game plan of just play better. <laughs> just play better. All right. Put it on a poster. <laughs> Put it in the locker room. Just have a poster of me just pointing. Just play better. <laughs> just play better. It will make all the difference. And that's when the, their tide turned. <laughs> they looked at the poster and just, just play as some fat guy on a poster. Just play better. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but we'll have uh, pregame coverage beforehand. Maybe you think differently. And uh, hear how Al Lewis and Craig Hislop and you know, hear the interviews that they've conducted for Senior Day. That'll start Saturday at 6.15 here on this station and on KVNU with KVNU game day coverage going right up until kickoff. And uh, the game, if you can't make it to the game, we'd always encourage you to go. But if you can't, the game will be broadcast on FS1. So you can watch it there. And then as soon as the game goes final, 
will be on the air with KVNU Aggie Call. Zach Van Leeuwen will be in studio with us and uh, breaking down what we think happened and why as uh, trying to recap one of the last games of the regular season for Utah State. And then the Utah State men's basketball tonight. So that's what we'll preview or, or recap tomorrow on tomorrow's show here on the Full Court Press. Until then, have a great night.